So now that we know where the village is, what happens if she's not the one? Anyway, the bird song is lovely this time of year. You can't just avoid the question! Hey, you're gonna keep me safe too, aren't you? You know, if anything strange starts to go down. Don't know. Think about it. Hello, everybody. Once more, I am Evangelina, uh, your newcomer to all things Yona and mostly anime in general. I haven't watched a lot of it yet. Uh, so I'm here and I am ready to get into what were probably my favorite chapters thus far. And as always, I am joined by her co-host, Alex. Hello, that's me. <laughs> I probably could not have introduced myself more awkwardly, but oh well. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm really excited to hear that you liked these chapters. I did. Because, yeah, I gotta say, um, I didn't. You didn't! I, I, I do like them, like, the second way the second wave of like reading it back over again but he is not one of my favorite characters <laughs> so when i said a few weeks ago that i hope you like the people that i don't i think we're on a good roll right now okay <laughs> so I'm really happy to you enjoyed these. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm still kind of in i mean i don't hate him but i'm kind of indifferent to yoon so i'm glad that i can at least who i know you also don't like so i'm glad that i can also help fill in the gaps help fill in the gaps just a little bit and that's cool because now i kind of like you like i'm into him let's go so okay awesome <laughs> but yeah i just thought these chapters were fun and it's not even necessarily because of uh geisha is that how it's pronounced i think it's keisha oh with a k yeah Okay, so there's two different ways of spelling for most people's names. Like, there's the double O or the U for, like, you can see it with Yoon and then with Suwon. Um, mm -hmm. And then Keisha has different spelling. So one is G-I-J-A and one is K-I-J-A, maybe? Okay. I guess I have Google in front of me. Yeah, so that's the, the wiki spelling is K-I-J-A. Okay. I feel like on the anime it was Geisha, but I might have heard what I wanted to hear. <laughs> no, it might have been. I might not have caught that and I just heard heard Keisha. Yeah, well, Keisha. well, we can just, we can be like his townspeople and just refer to him as White Dragon <laughs> until we figure it out. Okay, well, I am going to refer to him as Keisha, but I might be wrong. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it is interesting. Um, I'm really excited to get into that, like dig into him only being called White Dragon. It's dark shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, must I, I must get this out of the way. He is literally a blue eyes white dragon. For for any Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there, <laughs> that's this guy. So he's a big deal. And he seems like kind of a trump card because in the end, he's like, hey, I have this superpower that you guys definitely need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I never watched Yu-Gi-Oh, so I don't know what it does. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I 
people watched it, but I only like it was one of those things where it was like a sort of sporadic thing. And my brother was more into it than I was. So I only remember like the very, very bare bones. So I remember like, like Cito Kaiba is like the rival. And I just, I'm pretty sure he's after Yugi's Blue Eyes White Dragon card. All I remember is that it's just like a really, really good card to have. So. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics, but it's a big deal. <laughs> so our man here is a big deal. He's a big deal, apparently. I mean, I guess if I came across him, I would want him on my side. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't want to make an enemy of him. So I guess yeah. Yeah, I have uh, more observations on him that we can get into. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's go back before we actually meet him to the beginning of chapter 16, which is called The Hidden Village of the Dragon. And we saw a little bit of the beginning in the last anime episode. Um, so basically, Hawk and Yona are cornered in the forest. People are trying to scare them off. I actually really like that Yona looks really spooked in these panels, but Hawk just looks vaguely displeased because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very in character with them. Like she can't fight and she is still scared of things, but Hawk is just like, I mean, I can take 20 dudes at once. He's yeah. I'm just kind of like, give us our friend back. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It's very good character work. Yes. Oh, also uh, I will say uh, kind of off topic, the, the author sidebar was really cute this week. I mean, they're always kind of cute, but just like her rambling about Hawk being called Thunder Beast and her thinking it was like this great, powerful, mythical creature. And it's really like weasel sized. And so just like these really cute illustrations of what Hawk at one point, there's like a Hawk Pikachu looking thing, which as badass as he is, as capable as he is of taking 20 men because i think she even says in the sidebar let's just pretend that a thunder beast is like this really cool animal for the sake of the of the manga but as badass as he is i do kind of think of him as a cute pikachu looking dude because i'm just like oh that's my buddy hawk (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i think we've seen it a little bit but i do love that because we're from like yona's point of view we usually see hawk as this like super dorky really soft character (laughs) but he's genuinely terrifying to most people around him (laughs) yeah yeah so he is like a little like pikachu dude (laughs) yeah and that was that's one of the reasons uh we'll get to it later but one of the reasons i really enjoyed these chapters is i I really like talking them some great stuff there's some good hot hawk stuff and there's some of my favorite Hakiona stuff of like the entire series. Mm-hmm. There's just like gut shit in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was gonna ask you if you read the side notes because I do. Very I... informative and always very funny. <laughs> yes, I do enjoy them a lot. Good. All right. So they're cornered. Uh, one of the dudes from the village steps forward, and he mentions Yoon. And Yona, though she's still scared, asks what they've done with him. That's when they notice that she has red hair and they stop the intimidation routine. Speaking of liking Hawk in this chapter, I like his protective move, which is to just like wrap his entire body around Yona. He does this all the time. 
Um, but I do notice that specifically when everyone starts marveling at Yona's hair and Hawk pulls her close and he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't like this. And he just sort of like envelops her into his body. Yes. <laughs> I, I just put, I love Hawk clutching Yona to his breast while what the fucking <laughs> his surroundings. <laughs> it's good. And it's especially funny, like for a reread, knowing that they're good people and just kind of like goofy dorks <laughs> where uh-huh. it's just like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah it's like it's not necessarily a threat to him but he's just like this is really fucking weird what is yeah. going on <laughs> they're all so weird <laughs> so after that yona tells them that she and hawk are from the wind tribe which makes sense from a hiding stand, like hiding point of view, because she can't say that she's from the Sky Tribe because between that and like her hair, people are gonna figure out that she's the princess and like she's on the run, because she'll be killed if people find out that she's the princess. But her saying that she's from the Wind Tribe makes me think, oh, she considers them family. Yeah. And also, if she marries Hawk, she would be in the Wind Tribe because I'm trash in my mind. <laughs> But I think it's sweet whenever she claims to be from the Wind Tribe, because she's not. But she is. That is cute. I didn't catch that, but that's Um, adorable. Also, it just struck me that she might have meant that literally, as in she was quite literally walking from the Wind Tribe. Whatever. No, we're we're gonna... (laughs) I reject that and go with your interpretation. Your interpretation is, in fact, canon, so... My, my My trash take... Anyway, she says that an oracle told her to find the four dragons, and the leader of the White Dragon Protection Squad says, allow us to escort you to the White Dragon Village. So yeah, we get our first dragon, baby. We cut to Yoon, who is tied up in a cage and extremely unhappy about it, mm-hmm. because he's been out of Iksu's care for three days, and this happens. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, I do love Which is wild here. when you think about it. Uh, because he was always the one taking care of Iksu, and he was always kind of self-sufficient. So the fact that he's immediately in danger is really <laughs> funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. And his rant is really funny. He's expanding his horizons and getting kidnapped and into trouble. It's good for mm-hmm. him. Um, yes, his rant. So he says, tying me up and tossing me in a cage is just in poor taste. I have to warn you, if anything happens to me, you'll suffer divine retribution. The heavens themselves love my beauty. And the beast <laughs> of the Thunder Beast. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he like immediately claims friendship with Hawk. I don't know that they like each other at uh, all. At yeah. <laughs> but he's like, listen, he's going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. We're best friends, motherfucker. We're best friends. And also, I love that he thinks that he's divinely uh, blessed with beauty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, also, I was thinking about what you said about him being a god who was bringing them back to life when they fell to the bottom of the cliff. And this would have been a good, like, foreshadowing if he actually was a god. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was one of my theories, because... Because I thought, yeah, no, I, I thought, it. <laughs> yeah, the way, yeah, because I mean, it would have been a great setup, especially would have made things. I know we've talked about how they basically hand wave them surviving the cliff fall because 
fate wanted it to happen, but it still would have been made more sense if it like literal divine intervention. And I just really like, yeah. And I also really like the idea of a casual God just walking up and being like, Oh, dead folks, guess I better fix this. Yeah. No. And it would have made, it would have been perfectly in Canon too, because the dragons are sort of gods. Do you, have you gotten that yet? Yeah. I think it's kind of confusing. But yes, they are they are like divinely given. They're they're the descendants of people who have been given blood from gods, basically. Yes. Yeah. So it would have been cool if he was just like another god who's like, hey, I'm not part of this. I'm not one of the dragons, but let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that happened. I think he's just a human boy. But I will keep bringing it up because I do really enjoy that in canon. Uh, so Yoon is worried about the princess, and he hopes she hasn't been captured. Um, but then he sees her and Hawk being given a lovely tour of the village, like they're tourists. <laughs> and he's very mad about it, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they let go, they let Yoon go, and they explain that they have to eliminate bandits and miscreants looking for the white dragon's power. The tribe's duty is to guard the dragon and pass his blood to the next generation. Um, so did you know that this was going to happen or did you think that they were going to be the original dragons? See, I had a feeling, well, initially I had thought that they were going to be the descendants, but then last week, I don't know, something about the, the phrasing made me think that they were going to be the original after all. Um, I do prefer the idea of it being descendants. I uh, can't quite put my finger on why, so I am, in fact, glad that that is the case. Yeah. No, I, I like it, too. Um, I think it's kind of a cool thing where they're just sort of waiting around, and they're like, well, I mean, it's been, like, hundreds of years. Is this ever going to matter? Um, yeah. So I think oh, actually. Uh, I was going to say, I think I can put my finger on why I prefer the Descendants, because I feel like it puts them on a little bit of more of an even f- field with Yona, because she herself is very young. Um, and I think it would be less interesting, less fun to have her have four, like, otherworldly um, wise from their centuries of living dragons. Instead of, you know, people Mm -hmm. who are around her age. Yeah, that's a good point. I got, I brought it up because you, you mentioned when we were doing predictions, you said that you didn't think Hawk was going to be one of them because you said his parentage didn't matter or something like that. Or we, I don't remember something in there made me think that you thought that they were going to be the original people. And I was like, I was listening to it back when I was editing and I was like, Ooh, (laughs) we're going to get to this in like five weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I meant that. in like, I meant that in terms of like descendants, because like if his parentage didn't matter, then he wouldn't have been a descendant of the, of the dragon. So he couldn't be one. Oh, okay. I see your point. Although, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. They do mention they're all descendants, so any one of them could be given the dragon blood. Yeah, okay, I'll buy that. 
I've been wrong about many things, but that was not one of the the wrong thoughts that I was on. <laughs> particularly. True. You were correct. So um, the man in the village explains our history, which we've already sort of talked about. Um, and they're swarmed by villagers who are also very taken with Yona's hair. And she jumps into Hawk's arms and he's again like, what the hell is going on? Because <laughs> this village is weird. Um, and when she realizes they think her hair is pretty, she gets super excited and her face is so cute. She's got those big like sparkly eyes. Yeah. Oh, so cute. And then she tells Hawk, did you hear that? They think I'm beautiful. And Hawk, who can't resist teasing her, says, yeah, your hair. <laughs> um, truly one of my favorite moments of the entire series. I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good bridal carry. And the fact that she just like immediately jumps into his arms. She's like, please don't let them touch me. <laughs> and I just gets so excited. She's like, yay, I'm pretty. I don't know. I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yoon asks if they worship red hair, and the answer is that the first white dragon's master was the Crimson Dragon King, and he had red hair, so it's sacred in this tribe. Since a priest sent her, they think maybe Yona is the person that we've been waiting for. And then he says, or oh, you might not be. <laughs> it's a good comedy beat. Yeah, I also love Yoon asking right here, it's like, what happens if we're not? And then just being like, okay, anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah it's very funny and also very funny in the anime too they like the pause that they hold on is slightly longer than you would expect and it works super well (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, okay so we find out as we've discussed everyone's a descendant of the white dragon but only one has inherited the blood and this one was born with a dragon's arm so I'm sorry, you were not correct. You thought it would be eyes, but it's not. And also, no mask squirrel man. No mask squirrel man. (laughs) Oh, but they did stay in the village for this episode, which you also predicted that they would stay in this village. So we'll give you half, one out of two. So, enter the white dragon. We don't see much of him. This is a really interesting intro. Like, we don't see his face until, like, the moment that he figures out or he, you know, connects with Yona. Mm-hmm. So all of this is from the his back or his profile. He's shrouded in mystery. We don't know who this character is yet. His first line is, for some reason, this morning my right hand is throbbing. Uh, this turns into a comedy beat because his grandma freaks out that he's getting sick. And it's her whole job to protect him. So he's like, no, 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 I should be the one protecting you. And we get this like really frustrated narrative of like, he he can't do anything even though he has this power of the gods. And like, when will it be his turn to protect the people that he loves? Yeah, that is something I found really interesting about their backstory. Because like, how boring to just be somebody with this great power whose only job is to pass it on to somebody else, because that's the thing is they don't know when their master will come back. So he's fully expected to just like sit there and chill and have a kid. If it's not his time. Uh, I will say also, I love granny. I also appreciate how, when she gets angry, she looks more dragony to me than he does. <laughs> yeah. 
Monica. I love yeah, she's her. A fun, she's, she's a fun old lady. Oh, and uh, I, I did want to say also, and I think you touched on this either in our early episodes or it was something that you said was interesting before we started the podcast. Um, but this whole idea of them waiting for their masters um, and their whole job being to serve the Crimson Dragon, I think it'll make for an interesting case or interesting discussions on agency and consent and how Yona reacts to, you know, basically being literally their master and literally having power over. I mentioned that, I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast. I might've said it in passing, but I did tell you about this before we started the podcast because I was watching Fruits Basket at the same time. And um, if anybody's unfamiliar with Fruits Basket, it is about uh, this like clan of people who are affected by this curse and their curse is that if they're hugged by a person of the opposite sex, then they turn into a specific Zodiac animal. So like, um, we're the year of the monkey, right? Mm -hmm. You and I, so yeah. So like if this, this one character, if they're hugged by a girl, I think, Yes, because, yeah, um, if he's hugged by a girl, then he turns into a monkey for a little bit <laughs> and then just turns back and it's fine. But, like, that's kind of a fucked up weird thing to happen, so they have to keep it a secret and they can't let anybody know, so it turns them into, like, weird freaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. But all of these Zodiac animals have a head of the family or they're, like, God, and they are, like, supernaturally unable to... Um, go against this person and uh, or like feel anything but reverence and love for them and it like really fucks them up in the head because this god is not a nice person Um, so it was really interesting to watch Fruits Basket and watch and read Yona at the same time because the head of the family Akito who is this god and Yona, who is this, like, leader of gods, basically, or this potentially, she says that she's not, but everybody else thinks that she is, this, like, reincarnated god, basically. Um, it's really interesting to see them both, like, see the ways that they handle this supernatural um, leadership role. Mm-hmm. I can't really get into it. Because <laughs> there's things I haven't seen yet. Um, but I do, I will bring it up again in episode like 20, I want to say with the third dragon that we pick up. Um, that's when we really started to get into the like interesting implications of her position and, and her, yeah, her position of power basically. Uh Um, but if anybody has seen Fruits Basket, you probably know what I'm talking about. And someday I will write a whole essay on how Yona and Akito handle their, their positions in vastly different ways (laughs) yeah wow that was really rambly sorry (laughs) no that's why i brought it up because i i think there's so much to go with or so much to expand on there so i'm excited to see how that shakes out so, so what do you get from their relationship right now like what do you get from her position of power over keisha 
Well, um, as we'll see when they officially meet um, in this next chapter, we're going to go out after. He is fully ready to give it all up for her and is just so excited. Like, I've been waiting my whole life for you. You're my master, whatever you are. And she herself is kind of uncomfortable with it or actually very uncomfortable like I I can't remember if she does actually go into it in this next chapter or if it was just the anime that hashed it out more but she does mention like you know it kind of sucks that he has this great power and I'm going to use it for my personal gain like that's kind of unfair <laughs> um so I do see her as being a very benevolent. I I don't think she's out to abuse it, which is good. She's already kind of thinking of the implications of having such a big immutable leadership role over this person. And so I admire mm-hmm. that about her. Yeah, it is really cool to see that from her because she was a princess. So like you could definitely see that she could go like a complete dictator way where she's like you owe me your fealty and like I am the leader and I'm the rightful princess but she doesn't do any of that she's like I understand that I have this position of power and um uh it could easily be abused so you're right she is a little uncomfortable with that and she has to kind of tread carefully and figure out where she wants to go with it mm-hmm. yeah she's a cool little girl <laughs> I like yeah. her a lot yeah, also, uh, it again makes things uh, more unique with her and Hawk because Hawk has chosen to be there by choice. Mm-hmm. He, Yeah, he's not divinely inclined to follow her wherever she goes, but even he has been like, you know, I'm your tool, use me. And she's right. just kind of like, wait, what the fuck? No, I need to protect you. What are you doing? Yeah, which is also, yeah, because that comes from, like, when she was a princess, so he, she did have power over him, and you're right, she she is a little uncomfortable with even him saying that, because he's like, you do have power over me, and she's like, I don't want to, <laughs> I want you to be my friend. Yeah, even when she was really intense with the give yourself to me, I think was the phrasing, it was more just like a stay by my side thing. It wasn't like a, you will die for me, <laughs> type, you know, going to battle for me. It wasn't so right. much that. In fact, she was like, you will not die for me. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. The power, the power dynamics in this are super interesting. I made a post on Tumblr about it recently. Um, what we talked about last time with, um, Hawk and Moondock and the parallel with Yoon and Iksu when they leave Iksu. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how, like, if you tell me to go, uh, then I will because I, I listen to you as, like, a father figure, basically. He didn't say that, but that's what it was. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. how, like, power dynamics are pretty fluid and everybody knows when to, like, give and seed power. So... Yeah, I'm really excited because there's a lot of like weird explorations with this. There's a lot of things that you would expect to happen with people in positions of power that just don't because power works very strangely in the universe of Fiona. 
Okay, I think the only thing that I have on this page that we haven't mentioned yet, Keisha mentions that he's frustrated that he has this power, but he doesn't know when to use it or on what. So that implies to me that he already knows how to use it. I mean, doesn't imply. We can already, well, no. Okay, I'm going to take that back. Yeah, so he, he knows, he already knows how to use it. So I think it's kind of cool that they're just like born with this innate sense of like, I have this power and I already know how to use it, which I mean, if this was like a shonen anime, they'd spend an entire season like learning to hone their skills and develop them and things. Um, but that's all given to Yona. <laughs> and he just comes like prepackaged. He's like, I got this arm. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he hears about the outsiders and he's like, all right, this is my time to shine. I finally get to protect these people. I finally get to use my dragon claw for good. Um, so he goes to leave and uh, look for himself about these interlopers. Um, his grandma says, I hear one of them is a cute girl because she's always trying to set him up. And he says, so what? Female assassins are the most dangerous. Yeah. yeah, we found out that he broke off an engagement recently. And she's just like, I can no longer find anybody that meets your standards. Get married. What's wrong with you? And I think, well, doesn't she say that he should have several wives by now? And he's like, oh, one's enough. And she's like, bitch, you don't even have one get on this uh, i love that I she love does she, she should have several and he's like i'm 20 years old yeah. <laughs> which as a late 20s person that's very funny to me <laughs> uh, uh, in my notes i have we love a man who is afraid of women <laughs> so he mostly he's mostly going because he finally gets a chance okay i'm gonna skip over that because i said that um we cut to yona who is now wearing a hood to hide her hair so people stop fussing over it uh she's chatting with hawk about <laughs> borrowing the dragon's power and there's a cute fake out moment where she leans in and snatches his sword while he's flustered. And uh, she says, I made up my mind. There's no going back. But if I can't get help from the white dragon, I want you to train me more. Got it? And they smile at each other and uh, they have a cute moment. And it's also nice that she's like not super dependent on this thing. She's like, all right, so my mission here is to collect the four dragons. But even if that doesn't happen, if they don't want to come with us, that's fine. We have backup options. And my backup option is just to get super fucking ripped. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, the white dragon sees Yona swinging her sword around like playfully in front of Hawk. And he's absolutely ready to cut a bitch when she turns, makes eye contact, and boom, we see his face for the first time, and he is frozen, arrested in awe of her. Suddenly, he doubles over, and he says, what's happening? My arm, my blood, it feels like it's boiling. (laughs) Which is similar to Yona's awakening, because she says that her blood felt like it was boiling on the cliffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, echoing across the top of the panel is the words from the creation myth that Iksu told us a couple chapters ago, um, which is four dragon warriors. You're now an extension of us. You must protect and love him all the days of your life and never betray him. This looked painful. <laughs> this whole thing was really painful. It sure did. So he is struck with the knowledge that Yona is the master that he has been waiting for. He has a very fan fiction line of, Oh, 
at the very end. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the one I've been looking for. <laughs> we finally get a a comment at the very end of this chapter. There's like a Discord messaging system at the end of uh, the one that we're reading it on. And occasionally we get comments. And finally, there's one at the end of this one. And it just says, Hawk and Yona have way too much sexual tension. <laughs> somebody felt strongly enough to comment on that which i agree with it's a good chapter for them all right chapter 17 at long last uh we get a name which we have already mentioned his name is keisha possibly pronouncing that correctly (laughs) uh we open on a flashback to keisha and his father his father says one day his power will be needed and he asks how Keisha asks how he'll know, and his father says that when he sees his king, quote, your blood will tell you, the white dragon's blood within you will reveal the king to you. You'll see a blinding light. When that happens, it'll be time for your journey to begin. Uh, And then we cut back to the present, where Keisha is passed the fuck out like he is a white girl wasted. And everyone is concerned, even Yona and Yoon, because they're good kids. Yeah, Keisha wakes up and immediately bows to Yona and says he's been waiting for her and calls her master. And everyone else in the village follows his lead and bows to her. Um, Yona, Hawk, and Yoon are extremely confused by this. Which is mm-hmm. fun. Uh, the whole village is absolutely stoked about this. And Yona wonders if they're calling her king because she's royalty. And Hawk says it's probably her red hair making them think that she's the Crimson Dragon King. So I do like that, like, we as the audience and they as a village know what's happening. And Yona's still like, I mean, do they know I'm a princess? What's going on here? She has no idea what's happening. It's kind of fun. Oh, she also mentions, okay, so Hawk says that they probably think she's the Crimson Dragon King. And she says that she's not in his bloodline. And she actually thinks that his bloodline died out. So she doesn't know why they would uh, assume that. Keisha asks Yona her name, and Yona notes his silver hair, and they flawless, flawless pale skin. They call each other beautiful, and they both get awkward about it, and it's kind of a fun scene. Their first meeting is like, you're gorgeous. No, you're gorgeous, and then they both blush and look away. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I love him. I love the little thing of, like, this is how, it. like, it literally says, this is how he sees Yona, and it's like, you know, little stars surrounding her. As she's just kind of standing there like, ah. But she's like divinely beautiful to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, she's like, yeah. this is how he sees her. Um, so Yona has to admit at this point that she is not his master. She says, I'm nothing but a troublemaker who wants the power of the gods to protect myself and my friends. Yes, and I love Yoon immediately getting mad at her. Yoon just being like, don't you know how to handle people? <laughs> That's really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, maybe tell them after. <laughs> Wait a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But again, my girl is just really not into abusing power. She's she's like, I need to be up front with these guys. Exactly. She's a good egg. And also uh, does not subscribe to the dating theory that you should let your crazy out a little bit at a time. <laughs> so you, like, <laughs> the frog a little bit. 
no yeah like, no. here's what we got going on <laughs> are you in no and i respect that because that is my approach just one of the reasons i'm probably perennially single but i am fully agreed and you you gotta weed out the weak ones and people that are meant to be your significant other or your friend they just need to see all your crazy up front as an oversharer <laughs> i feel her so hard <laughs> exactly because do you really want to live your entire life thinking maybe this is the moment that they'll leave me rather than knowing up front like you've already seen me am i most insane like yeah so here's just what i got can you handle this you can handle this you got it we're good and mm -hmm. Keisha can he's like you know what i'm into this let's go <laughs> um he yeah, quite literally, he's like, I'm into it. Uh, he says, no matter who you are or what your goals might be, from this day forward, I am your dragon. The next scene is Yoon and Yona chatting about how surprisingly easy that was. Um, and then Hawk, off in the corner, says that he was having fun watching her highness pick a fight with a god, which is a great quote. Yes, and I do also like, there's a little arrow that says Hawk's, that Hawk's feeling a little bit sadistic. <laughs> Yeah. Which is... yeah, he says uh, this. He says I... that, or that that arrow is after he thinks she's acting so tough that no one will realize she's insecure. But I like seeing her take a gamble. <laughs> so I yes. love that he's feeling sadistic about the fact that he's like, this could blow up in our faces, but like, let's do this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I, said, I love him being a messy bitch about it. He's just here for the drama, and the also he thinks mess. it's hot. <laughs> God he bless does. him. Like, she's sexy when she uh, she reveals all of her baggage at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have as a note, like, one, that that whole scene is very funny. But two, it just shows that they know each other super well. Because this is all in his head. He's like, she, he knows exactly what she's doing. He's like, she's not this brave. She's acting this way. But it was cool to see. Like, I'm proud of her. Mm -hmm. So I like these moments where, like, you realize, like, they've known each other for so many years. Like, they just, they just get each other. It's nice. Uh, we cut to Keisha, whose arm is still feeling warm. He's inside his, like, chambers. Uh, he is not doing too hot. Hawk walks in on him in the search of food and weapons that he's just going to pilfer without question. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, you need to be hospitable and let me look through all your shit. <laughs> yeah. He says, Which I must. You let me search your pots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I will say that is very much video game logic. <laughs> As most of the video games I ever played, yeah, like if you're, like if you ever play Legend of Zelda, Link literally just goes around smashing pots because there's normally rupees in them, and it's like the same thing with Skyrim. Every time you come up across an, like you'll be going through a tomb and you go through the burial urns because they always have like gold coins and health potions and shit so just this idea or or you can even whenever you come or you kill somebody or if you just come across a dead body because there are spots in skyrim where like you come across murdered people you just can go through their pockets and like pick up 
Like, you can even grab what they're wearing, even. So it's just, like, sort of an expected thing of a video game protagonist that you're entitled to everything in the world. <laughs> so, so Hawk yeah. is a video game protagonist. Got it. Hawk is a video game protagonist. <laughs> That's delightful. Okay, so as Hawk is searching pots... Keisha gives him a bunch of money, which initially thrills him to no end until he realizes that it's a bribe to leave the village and Yona. They walk out to Yona, absolutely pissed, both of them. The girls are fighting. (laughs) The girls are fighting. And yeah, and you notices immediately. (laughs) Yun does notice immediately. Yeah, so the vibes they're giving off. Reveals the bribe. To Yona, and uh, Yoon immediately calls Hawk out on actually taking the bribe anyway, which I think is funny. Yeah, yeah, and just him being like, "Oh, so that's the bulge in your robes," and he's like, "Whatever, I gained weight." <laughs> he's an idiot. Yeah. I love him. He's got no remorse for it. He's like, if "This dude is stupid enough <laughs> to bribe me. I'm gonna take the money and then not leave Yona anyway. Who cares?" <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Yoon, what you got there, Hawk? A smoothie. <laughs> exactly so uh, Keisha argues that Hawk isn't one of the four dragons and therefore isn't a part of the team and Yona immediately shuts that shit down she grabs Hawk's arm and says Hawk is a childhood friend even when I left the palace even when I was all alone he stayed by my side he means a lot to me I need him with me and they're both pretty shocked about this and then Mm -hmm. Hawk gets over it and he gives the creepiest laugh ever Yes, he's pleased as punch. He is pleased as punch. And uh, we mentioned this earlier, but yeah, I going back to Hawk being genuinely terrifying. <laughs> this is it. Like, this is another <laughs> reminder that he's a scary son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so we do have another cute little arrow revealing some of Hawk's inner feelings. And this time it just said incredibly happy. Which I found was adorable. <laughs> he's he's so stoked mm-hmm. that Yona wants him. <laughs> he's could not be more smug about it. This is like ah, uh, he's great. Yeah, it's very cute. And also another reminder that he's got slightly low self esteem because he thought that she might kick him to the curb. Yeah. You weirdo. All right, so Keisha begrudgingly accepts this because he's like, all right, I mean, I guess it's your call and we're following you, sure. And that's when Yona tells him that she needs him too. She says, the way things have been going, Hawk is going to die protecting me, so I want you to protect him. She hasn't forgotten what Iksu says and is still very much worried about it, which I think is a nice, like, continuity thing where they just, they don't just forget that, like, oh, they're also doing this because Hawk's going to die. This thrills Keisha who uh, thinks she's asking this because Hawk is weak. And so he's like, oh, I'll protect your weak man. Sure. (laughs) They're both kind of pissed about it. And then Yoon says, this is getting annoying. Let's go. (laughs) And Yoon and Yoon are just being like, yeah. (laughs) Yes. I love Yoon and Yoon are just being like, let's not deal with this. (laughs) This is also the first instance we get of Hawk calling Keisha white snake, which Keisha hates, and so Hawk uses it through the entire rest of the series. <laughs> oh, so that's going to be a recurring thing. 
Yeah, we get it a little bit here. Like he, he calls him that at the end of the chapter too. But um, yeah, that's his nickname for the entire series. Cute. Uh. Uh, so the village comes to see Keisha off. They vow to keep the village protected, which is good because if Keisha dies, a new dragon is born there. And that upsets pretty much everybody. They're like, why would you say that? <laughs> Don't die. Yeah. And he says goodbye to his grandmother. It's uh, super fun and heartbreaking. And it's perfectly like Yona. I feel like Yona does turns really well where they won't let anything wallow too much. There's never like too much comedy and too much drama. There's always like a super good balance. And that's um, exemplified here with this goodbye to Granny. He tells her to be happy and she promises to be first in line when he comes back after his duty as the white dragon has been fulfilled. And with that, they're off. The four of them wonder where they should go next because Iksu didn't give them any clues beyond the white dragon village. But Keisha says not to worry. I can sense the dragons with my power. He says it's faint, but they're like brothers and says no matter how far apart they are, their blood calls out to each other. Yona says, wow, that's so convenient. <laughs> and skips yeah, I love that them, lampshade. Which is such a good line. Um, on Reddit, somebody, uh, this was from like the anime, but it's still like the same idea. Um, somebody on Reddit said, it's nice that the story is self-aware and it's something goofy Yona would actually say. Yona asks what Keisha's name is and if she can call him that instead of White Dragon. He thinks that only his parents had ever called him by his name, and he never thought that anybody else would, <sighs> which is heartbreaking and, like, <laughs> really rough stuff. Yeah. Like, it's dark if you think about the implications of, like, I am only as good as my arm and, like, what I can do for people. And also the fact that he, like, never got the chance to use it. He was just languishing away. He's like, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to use this, and this is literally all I'm good for. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> um, but I did notice that it's it's kind of a running thing with Yona that she sees the person and not what they can do for her, which is really a lovely character trait. But it's also with Hawk too. He's like, use me as a tool, and she's like, No, I'm gonna see you as Hawk, my childhood friend. Like, it's nice. She's sweet. So yeah, they have a nice moment. He tells her his name, and that's where the chapter ends. I had lots of feelings about the granny goodbye scene. As someone who is uh, oh, yeah. really you know close, I, I stumbled over it. Oh, just the just seeing how close they are. As someone who's really close to both of her grandmothers, this um, idea that she's raised him. She's she said also. I think he's the fourth uh, white dragon that she's raised, essentially. And again, like you said before, there's a good mix of humor into uh, because he kind of implies that she's going to die. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm going to live many more years. I'll be here when you get back. And just this idea that, you know, she'll be there waiting for him uh, is really cute. And then trying to send him off with a bunch of shit. Um, he literally she literally even throws the girl that he was going to be engaged to at him too. like, here, take this girl as well. Uh, which is a very granny thing to do. Not pimp out girls, but just <laughs> here are a bunch of things for your journey or here are a bunch of things that I bought you that you need to take with you because they're absolutely necessary to your life. <laughs> good family vibes. Yeah, they got good family vibes. I don't like my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> so this didn't 
didn't connect. With you, I'm glad it got to you. Uh, yeah, if you can't tell, Evangelina loves her family, and I am indifferent to most people in mine. No offense, they're all good people. I'm just really close with my dad. Yeah. And my mom's dead. Everybody else, meh. They're nice people. To be fair, also, like, her, her family doesn't quite get Alex and doesn't make the right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're all, like, outgoing and super connected. And I'm young. I'm four years younger than the youngest person. So, like, growing up, everybody was an adult or much older than me. Like, like when you're in, like, elementary school and middle school, four years is, like, a huge gap. So by the time that I was an adult, everybody still saw me as like a baby mm-hmm. that couldn't quite connect. And I'm a shy person to begin with. So it's really hard for me to like, I don't know, connect with these people that I basically didn't connect with for the first 20 years of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's it's fault on both ends, but we just don't connect partially is my fault. Like my youngest cousin really makes an effort. I'm just awkward. But, um, yeah, no one else does. <laughs> so, cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's your but Alex you. backstory. Uh, so, you, I think you can probably psycho. Yeah, no problem. But, yeah, that's your backstory, I feel like. And that's, I feel like if anybody wants to psychoanalyze us over what we connect with, I think we're giving them good material here. <laughs> Oh, people could definitely psychoanalyze me (laughs) with uh, the things that I've connected with. (laughs) Right. Uh, Bonus story. It is Defeat Lord Hawk. It's very cute. Um, My boy has returned. Teu really wants to defeat Hawk in a mock battle. So he (laughs) he enlists Hangday to spar with him so that he can get stronger and Hangjae says absolutely not I'm lazy and you're cutting into my lazy time um but Tae swings at him anyway and makes him fight with him and then uh the last little bit is Hawk still wins and Tae says or um he says if you win you'll be the tribe leader and Tae says I don't want to be the tribe leader but (laughs) then they have little arrows that say that Hawk still wants to um wants to win and that Teo still wants to win and also it's really cute because Teo is actually the tribe leader now (laughs) and it's the exact same conversation when Hawk leaves he's like you know your leader now and Teo's like no (laughs) (laughs) it's cute it's fun you love to see it I always like Hawk interacting with his uh his basically little brothers I think of the entire wind tribe as like his siblings uh, the last little piece of artwork for Volume Three is Iksu reading to a baby Yoon. It's really that cute. was so cute. Oh my god! Yeah, he's so small. Yeah. Also, again, it just Ixi cringe about how we were wondering over whether or not they were in love when they were first introduced <laughs> because now we now we see that Iksu raised him. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think that's the final nail in the coffin of potential shipping. I mean, that's not true. That's true for us. <laughs> I know that some people out there probably want that to happen. That's not us. <laughs> <laughs> that is not us. All right. Um, so that's it for the chapters. Uh, did I miss anything or are we ready to get into the anime? I think we're ready to get into the anime. 
anime is titled Yearn, which I feel like, I mean, maybe I just didn't notice it, but I think it might be the first time that they have titled it something different than one of the chapter names, which isn't a bad title. It's just, I don't know that it fits super well. <laughs> I don't know that it fits the, the sort of things I would associate with Yearn. I mean, I know technically Keisha did yearn you know for his purpose or anything but i guess i mainly associate yearn with like romance Mm -hmm. so it's weird although lord knows the way yona and geisha met did kind of in another universe they would be romantic interests um this fate brought them together type thing them being like oh they're so beautiful sort of thing uh but that's not where they're going i don't think um, so I, I, I did think it was a bit weird. Um, two things about that. <laughs> One is, uh, you mentioning that like they both met and thought that they were super beautiful reminds me of, um, the line from Dancing Through Life from Wicked <clears throat> where, uh, Galinda and, um, uh, the Scarecrow Fiero meet and they both say you're perfect you're perfect we're perfect for each other we're together yeah <laughs> yeah um and then they're not they don't end up together <laughs> so maybe uh superficial looks aren't the best predictor of like romantic love interests um but second thing is that there i mean i don't think there's a debate this is a reverse harem where I don't know if you've come across this term, but it is like the, the idea of a harem is one man to like a bunch of different women to choose from basically. So reverse harem is just that, but like gender swapped. So she is surrounded by men, like potential male partners. So you never know. He might be a romantic love interest. We will see. Good to know. He's not. You're you're right. You you basically predicted it. Like he's not. He's he's <laughs> yeah. never going to be to me either. But only because their meeting turned me off so hard to them. I don't like like physical attraction. <laughs> like, like if two people think each other is hot and they're immediately like, I want to tear off your clothes and like make out with you. I'm not saying that's what her and Keisha are doing, but like they do think they're both beautiful. I think also uh, we can that uh, happens. I'm like, no, I want anything else. I want the couple that hate each other in the beginning or the, the person who's like them really <laughs> never, never want people who immediately like, like each other or think each other is pretty. That's personal That's preference, but yes, I will well, never subscribe to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's boring. It's boring a lot of times. Also, again, if we're going into psychoanalyzing each other, uh, as someone who believes they're on the A spectrum, physical beauty is on the lower side of importance to you, uh, which is great. <laughs> True. But I also, but yeah, I thought also it wasn't even just so much that you're so pretty bit, but just the idea of this is my faded person that I've been waiting for. Uh, I oh. thought would have screamed romance in another situation. Yeah. Soulmates. Yeah. But yeah, but you, uh, uh, you don't get that. It's sort of, and occasionally you do get subversions. Like if anyone's, uh, watched, um, Howl's moving castle, you get that scene at the end where she 
uh, Sophie, the lead, kisses the enchanted scarecrow and it turns into a prince. And then it's like, oh, a kiss from true love breaks the spell, but she's with Hal. And so, like, this other character is like, oh, your true love's in love with someone else. And then it's just kind of hand waved and he has to, like, go off and leave. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. Uh, for any Howl's Moving Castle fans, uh, I would say read the book. They, uh, I, the Scarecrow does actually have a, a his own love interest. He isn't just it isn't just an unrequited uh, true love situation. But I do think it's fascinating um, the subversion of the expected in both mm-hmm. that and here that you would think, oh, this faded person, or this is how the story is supposed to go, and then the narrative just being like, nope, no, it's not. <laughs> right no that's interesting I had never thought about them in like a soulmate context I like that okay anime we get new characters which means new voice actors <laughs> Keisha is voiced by Ian Sinclair who was Liam in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood I have seen that show many, many times. I fall asleep to it at night. I literally don't know who Liam is. (laughs) I was going to say, just about to ask you. I was like, oh, did you like his character? Apparently he is a (laughs) non-entity. I think he might work on Briggs. That's what I'm getting from his outfit. But like, beyond that, I don't know. I usually skip Briggs because I don't really like Olivier. But whatever. Uh, he's also Mitsuhide in Snow White with the red hair, which I have to admit that I am kind of into now against my will. <laughs> I am only reading for Obi's devotion to Shiryuki, okay? And oh, also Ryu. I really like Ryu. Everything else is like, okay, I guess. Um, but every time they bring up Zen and Shiryuki's romance, I will text Evangelina and I'm like, this is what they're doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, he's Mitsuhide. And then he's also Kurino in Fruits Basket. So he's been in basically every anime you've watched. He's, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, also, can I go off on Kurino on Fruits Basket? Because he is a 26-year-old man and he's dating a high schooler and it's supposed to be like peak romance. <sighs> that is creepy. But also we stand, we stand um, Mamaru. Okay, listen, but he's not 26. But she is like, what is she, like 14 and he's in yeah, college? she's in middle school. Okay, well, here's the it's deal. It's about the same. It's because we were young when we loved them. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we latched on to them young. And I can admit as an adult, like weird and creepy, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's 26 and he's like, yeah, it's fine to date a 16 year old. It's fine. Also, there are parallels to that and Toru's parents. Um, You want to say something? Oh, just that. I I think you nailed almost exactly my parents age difference. My mom was 16 going on 17 and my dad was what's 16 plus eight, 24. Okay. They knew each other through family though, right? They did. They did. And that's always my like my thing when I describe them to people. It was like 
One, he, he, they were a weird situation, my parents. I will say to anybody listening, God, this is just the like backstory night, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, I will say uh, their situation was like oddly primeval. Like my dad asked my grandpa permission to date her and everything. Um, before they started dating, my grams, uh, my mom's mom used to joke to my dad that, uh, she was arranging their marriage with my grandma, my uh, dad's mom. And he'd always get really embarrassed and be like, what people don't do that anymore. And then it was like a movie situation where he saw her at a party and she had grown up nice and was like, wow, I actually like her. And then went and asked permission to date her and everything. But yeah, the whole thing is my, my family on both sides is super connected and, uh, bunch of ways like they're all they've all been ridiculous they grew up together are really great friends and so they they knew my dad wasn't a creep (laughs) yeah uh that being said i think the age difference has played into sort of their dynamics as a couple it's not always the greatest of things they are happily married like i said but some of the things they've had to work through i think you can trace back to that but as a as a um consequence of that i not always when i watch things i'm not always immediately like oh that's gross i i have to cycle through that other layer (laughs) of like this was almost normalized to me uh yeah i i get that and age gaps don't always bother me but they bother me when the person is still in high school yes and I agree with that too. Even even knowing my parents' situation, it, it, it's grody to me. Heck, a fifteen year old <laughs> dating a nineteen year old is grody to me. Yeah, you're in different stages. Well, yeah, like, ugh. Um, but yeah, so like, I'm I'm fine with your parents. I have nothing against your parents. Like, they're still happily married, and I get that. And like, they're, but they're the exception. I feel like. Yep, they're the exception, not the rule. To quote, she's yeah. just not that into you. And the rule, and the rule. I was thinking about that today, and I was like, "Damn, you were my exception." Is still like such a good line. <laughs> I don't know whoever wrote that. Like, kudos because it's still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny you brought that up. I was literally thinking about that like during lunch today. I don't know why. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. Also, like, I'm 28, and Colonel being 26 is too close for me to not put myself in his shoes. And the idea of me dating a teenager <laughs> is so horrifying. It's and the way, that they met, the way that they met is they ran into each other in the supermarket. Like she worked at a grocery store and he had a question for her and he dropped his things. And she was like, oh, he's clumsy. Like my best friend, that's endearing. You remind me of Doru. And then they like, go out for lunch and he says something and she gets mad at him. She's like, this doesn't mean anything to you. And like storms off. And then you find out that he is part of the like Zodiac clan and he's underneath Akito's spell. And so he can't ever see her again. But uh, basically he like goes off. I think they, they see each other one more time and he leans in like he's going to kiss her. And then he doesn't. And then he walks off and she thinks about him for the entire rest of the series. And she's like, please come back to me. And oh, that's weird. weird. And then in the end they get together and it's this like big love story. And 
it's weird. And then also, so apparently it's supposed to be like this direct parallel to Toru's parents, which are even worse. And I will regale you with this story. Her parents met when she was in middle school. Speaking of Sailor Moon and Mamaru and being sort of a predator, but not really because they're soulmates. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Again, exception, not the rule. (gasps) Exception, not the rule, because Toru's mom was in middle school and Toru's dad was a student teacher who came. Oh, no. Uh huh. And she was like a troubled girl. And so he like kind of took her under his wing. And there were some, this is the only section that I've ever read. And I, I read it because I keep trying to jump in. I'm like, I have to know where this is going. Like, this is a batshit story. And I can't wait every week. But I kept, I tried reading it twice. And the English on the like free sites that I've read is so incomprehensible that I like couldn't keep up with it. So God bless free sites. I just, I couldn't do it. But I read this twice before I got bored and I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) But this is the only section that I read and it didn't get animated, Uh, but it's going to get its own little like mini uh, animation next year. Sorry, there's (laughs) a bug on my... Love them and they miss it. But yeah, Ian Sinclair is Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's what started all this. <laughs> yeah. He's a toy actor. Oh, yeah. Weird one. Yeah. Speaking of weird, I didn't notice if this was his haircut in the anime. I thought it was that he just had his hair pulled back into a ponytail. My dude Keisha has a fucking rat tail. Sure it is does. so ugly. And then some weird side bang action. Mm-hmm. He's uh, got a bob with a little bit of a rat tail on the back. It's the weirdest haircut. Uh, also, his <laughs> hand is so big. I didn't really notice how big it was until the anime. And it's it's unsettling. <laughs> I did have an earlier note uh, from the chapters. Just my mind being the cesspool that it is the dragon hand must make it hard for him to please a lady i'll just put that out there yeah he probably has to learn how to be left-handed or he's celibate because he was really ignoring those marriage proposals and kind of seems terrified of women yeah i think of him as celibate but i think your uh question is funnier and we should explore that Yeah, can't please a lady, can't jerk it, probably. (laughs) He's got to learn to use that left hand. I did read a fic where if the right person, like, touches the dragon scales, it feels really good. And he is, like, walking. (laughs) Okay. like, walking through a a marketplace, and people keep, like, brushing up against it. And he's like, why am I so horny? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like character b who we haven't met yet is like this is why and let me show you and then they like bone down <laughs> okay i well, would read a them, lot of these fics because people ship him with character we haven't met yet and i don't get it but i'm here to support it and sometimes when i read fan fiction i'm like okay i get it i can see it now like i see why you're into it i read a handful of them I still don't really get it, but I'm super happy for the people who do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
So that is Keisha. And then Granny is voiced by Julie Erickson, who was Panaco Rockabell in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. She's the little Granny. She's um, she's uh, uh, Winry's Granny. She's made a career out of being a grandmother. Good for her. I love that for her. Also, Panaco's great. She's like two feet tall and does nothing but smoke a pipe and judge everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> all Granny should be. Super cool character. Oh, uh, so the hair scene in the anime, I think, is actually cuter. Uh, she says, Hawk, that woman just called my hair beautiful. And, and Hawk, kind of confused, but slightly supportive, goes, yep, I heard her. Yeah. Hawk's VA had some really good content this episode. One, I did like the change of, um, so in the manga, he's like, you know, this isn't the right white dragon. And then in the anime, he's like, nope, can't you, this one's dumb. Let's get another one. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that's very good. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. It's like, gotta find another, let's, can't use this dragon, this one's dumb. <laughs> Which is such a teenage boy thing to say. Uh, And then, of course, all the kudos to the voice actor because his evil laugh was so fucking funny. Yes. That scene is iconic. (laughs) People have clipped that and I I will see it occasionally just like by itself floating around Twitter. (laughs) People love it. And rightfully so. It's very good. Rightfully so. Um, you mentioned this earlier, but I agree with you that Yona's conflict makes more sense. I didn't quite get it in the manga, but in the anime, she explicitly says, I'm asking them to give up their greatest treasure for something personal. Mm-hmm. So her her inner conflict makes more sense. And I like it. Yeah, me too. Also, after this scene, I have the note, Hawk is in love. He loves being dominated. <laughs> I know who the top is. I'm not quite sure what this means, but I think it's the scene where um, she tells him to train her and like points a points a sword at him, and he just like grins up at her. Yeah, he's a good boy. He loves being in danger. Um, my <laughs> the line that made me laugh the hardest is from one of the villagers. I think he's the lead, like village protector who leads them into the uh, the village in the beginning but he goes our king has appeared and he's a little girl little girl yeah <laughs> that's such a funny line <laughs> <laughs> that's really good <laughs> uh, the anime episode it was very good this week the additions they made were perfect yeah it was um, great. Oh, speaking of additions, they added a farewell ceremony, which I thought was really nice, rather than Keisha just being like, well, here's where I grew up, but like, bye guys. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's deserving of it, too. Just the idea that they've been waiting for centuries for the master to come back. Like, it is a special occasion. I think it deserves a fancy observation. Yeah, 100%. Agree. And yeah, those were all my comments on the anime. Did you have anything else? Nope. I've gone over them all. Cool. Reddit comments. People think that the comedy really worked here, which we agree wholeheartedly. Yes. It's one of the reasons. It's the main reason these were my favorite chapters. Yeah, that's fair. It's uh, it's very good for that. Um, some people were kind of sad there wasn't action, but the comedy made up for it. 
Uh, that was also kind of a common thing that people were like, I know people have problems with pacing, but I like it. I get people are dropping it because of pacing, but I think the pacing is great. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people have problems with pacing because it's a really weird plot. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a really long time to like even out and get into a normal stable plot. Yeah. But I think That's the pacing fair. has been, like, insanely on the go. I don't know what people are talking about slow pacing. Honestly, it's really rare for me to have an issue with pacing because I don't understand it a lot of the times. In <laughs> fact... Uh, that's like a consistent comment I get on my own writing is that the pacing is weird. So it's just something that like goes over my head most of the time. You have to really, really be dragging for me to notice and comment on the pacing being weird. So I've had no issues thus far. Uh, I have been surprised as we've noted, um, in past predictions where I'll be like, oh, we'll spend several episodes getting to this. And then it's like, oh, we already did that. Okay. But it's not like... It hasn't taken my enjoyment out of anything. No, I would rather have that happen than be like, we spend 12 episodes trying to find Iksu, basically. And then we yeah, and we yeah. have another six episodes hanging out with Iksu. Like, I'd rather have that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that sort of thing only works if you're going to develop the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're just adding extraneous episodes of still looking for this person still looking for this person and it gets really annoying like sailor moon i think did really good with filler episodes it was one thing i noticed because i I finally started crystal and the idea that we're getting all the scouts within like the first five episodes was fucking insane to me insane (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for anybody who did not grow up on Sailor Moon in the original series, it takes a long time in the first season to get all of the scouts uh, together. Um, I want to say it's like five episodes before we even get the first one, right? Like she's on yeah. for a while. Yeah, and I thought that was good. I thought it was good for her development as a hero um, and, again, getting to know the characters. Uh, And that's one thing that I feel like Crystal is lacking. And I think you mentioned it before, too, that the lack of filler episodes was to the sort of detriment because you aren't getting those fleshed-out characters as much. Yeah. I will always support and defend filler episodes because they're all good character development. The filler episode could be pointless and stupid, but there, it further it it like deepens your knowledge and connection with the characters. So that when we get more plot heavy heavy episodes, we're not just watching like a person go fight a thing and ooh, who cares? Like they're gonna win. You're actually invested in this character because you've seen them like goof off on the beach. People hate beach episodes. <laughs> but, like, they they serve a purpose to me. And it bothers me when people don't like filler episodes because I'm like, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. I like character-driven stories. I don't care what the plot is. Actually, I don't know if I brought this up, but I don't like fantasy. And I like this story despite the fantasy. And I like that there's like very minimal fantasy, but there is, it is there. Like his arm (laughs) is dragony. Like it's very obviously dragony. And there are like oracles and prophecies and fate and shit. And that's not super my thing, but the character driven nature of the story in the series and like everybody's motivations and things like more than makes up for it for me personally. 
Right on. Yeah. So again, that's another reason the, the pacing isn't bothering me. And I don't think will bother me with this because even though this wasn't like a super cool action episode, you know, we're learning about this new dragon that we've introduced and how that's going to change the dynamic of the group and mm-hmm. seeing just how much, you know, Hawk loves being so valued by Yona and tickled by it. You know, that's good shit to me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah also we get a lot of information on the dragons and what they're all about these two chapters give us just a shit ton of information mm-hmm. i also agree i've also gotten comments on pacing on my writing so um yeah i guess if anybody is an expert on pacing please write into please us hit us up we, <laughs> we can't figure it out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, somebody on Reddit said, if they all have the white dragon's blood, are they all inbred? I had that exact thought. Oh, my God. Because it men- <laughs> they mentioned that they're all descended and that the, the white dragon can also be anybody. It doesn't even have to be Gija's descendant because he was like, well, if I die, you'll just produce another one. So I was like, oh, my God. Are y'all all related? And they all have the same hair color and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reddit user makes a good point. I too, I, for, I forgot to write that down, but I did have that thought several times. There are some concerning implications. <laughs> That's very funny that you also thought that. Somebody else said, I like that Hawk was going to take the money anyway. And somebody else replied, classic Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just such a funny way to phrase that. Uh, yeah, and another person said, this dragon seems honorable. Which it never really occurred to me to question any of the dragons. I was just yeah, sort of along for the, the ride, and I was like, cool, yeah. everybody's going to be trustworthy. This is where we need to go. I think it's because I trusted Iksu. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. I was like, I love Iksu. He was like, you need to find these guys. And I was like, I believe you, buddy. <laughs> My millennial king. I will go anywhere you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's that's it for comments. So now we get to go to predictions. We have two outstanding ones from you. You think that Iksu is going to be okay somewhere, probably. And that Yona will learn to sword fight from someone at some point. Yes. Which is also further supported by chapter 16 when she steals Hawk's sword and is Grabbed like, the sword and was like, I need to learn. So mm-hmm. yes, I re I renew that prediction specifically. Perfect. So I think we're going to find another dragon in the next episode. Uh, I can never remember their colors or anything. Once again, I'm going to say mask guy just because he, honestly, he's the only one I remember by face. <laughs> so I'm just gonna keep guessing him. Watch him. Watch him be the last one, because <laughs> I keep saying it's him. Uh, but yeah, he's the only one I remember. Uh, I'll go ahead and make eyes my pr- prediction again for which power we're getting. Perfect. I am excited for you to finally meet Mask Guy. <laughs> You've been talking about him forever. <laughs> he's the only one I remember because my dude had a mask and a pet squirrel i was like i want to see what you're about all right well um that's it for this week really excited we're like really in the plot now so hell yeah excited to see where we go next week 
Until next time. Bye. What an amazing day this is for you, White Dragon! Our king has finally appeared after all this time, and he's a little girl! <laughs>